All right, guys, welcome back to Wisdom of the Weight Room. If that's even how we pronounce it, we've been missing away for a little bit, so I don't really know what's going on. But yeah, uh, welcome back to Wisdom of the Weight Room, the podcast where we take the wisdom gained from our weight room experience and we put it into your everyday life. I'm here with Miguel. It is January 10th, so first podcast of the year. You know, we took a little bit of hiatus, took some time away, a little de-stress, and get our uh, our lives situated and now we're back so yeah podcast one of 2021 pretty awesome and podcasts i didn't can't remember 12 13 something yeah there's been a oh. lot yeah so what's up miguel how's it going oh it's going man it's good yeah it's, life is good everything's going well did we record one for christmas we did Before, was it after well it's been two weeks so so we did after Christmas. Was it between yeah. qu- Christmas and New Year? Yeah. Well, Magnus was born on the twenty first. I don't. I think we did the twentieth. I don't. I don't know. Okay. But then we didn't do it after Christmas. And then we didn't do the following. Yeah. It's yeah. So we it's, did the yeah. We did that Sunday right before Magnus was born. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we got some catching up to do. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's start with uh yeah you have a little uh. Little kid in your life, man. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. A little mini me. <laughs> little mini me. Yeah. What's uh? Let, let's just start there. What was that experience like, <laughs> becoming a daddy for the first time? I guess uh, it, it it was nuts. Well, I don't know. Maybe I I just am I'm different. So, the day that he was born, we showed up to the hospital at seven thirty in the morning, and then uh, she was given an IV. And whatnot, and Pitocin to get the things rolling. She wasn't dilated very far. Um, and then they put a balloon type thing up in her hoo ha to get cervix to get Ooh. things going a little bit more. And then after that, they took that out at about noon. And then her cervix was dilated to, I want to say it was five or six. I could be totally wrong. She's going to hate me if I'm getting this wrong. But um, and then her contractions were pretty bad by that point. And then by two o'clock, she got her epidural. And then the doctor and nurse came in, and it was like four o'clock, and they're like, "Yep, we're ready to go. Um, we need to start. We need to start pushing." So, all, all the way up to this point, I'm just reading a book, <laughs> just sitting on the couch, <laughs> just reading, chilling. <laughs> just not. I mean, I can't do anything, and probably kind of feel like an a hole for when she's going through contractions and whatnot. But I'm just. I thought I'd be a lot more nervous, but it was just like a. I don't know. It was a normal day. I just, I wasn't, I, I was, because she seemed, besides the contractions and being uncomfortable, she seemed fine. You know, um, once we started pushing, I think we started pushing at like 4.30 and she pushed for nine minutes and he came out at 4.42, I want to say. That's pretty quick. It was pretty quick, you know, and. Is it normally like that? I, Again, I think I have, the, no, I have I think no experience in this from fit, her so. old one, from not her old, from our from our oldest Calvin, my stepson. She was in labor for like twelve hours, but this new technique that this doctor uses with this balloon to get the cervix more, I assume to get more dilated, and I'm probably wrong with that, but that really sped things up. Okay, and so I mean, she was in. They broke her water. I want to say after she got the epidural. So that was probably at like three or something. So, so, <laughs> Go on. Um, uh, for anyone listening, Calvin's in here and I think he just broke something. What'd you break? 
I'm kidding. It comes off. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, Continue so, on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it was just, uh, I think labor does take longer usually. Yeah. Cause it, but I don't know. Like maybe I was, I wasn't nervous because she's already done this. And for me, I just like, I know like if my nerves are going, I'm not helping anything. Yeah. So I just was like, what am I, what am I supposed to get nervous or be scared? Or, you know, like I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this for the last nine months. I've mentally yeah. been preparing. It's like, what, what's that going to do positively to, yeah. be, to be like nervous? And like, for her, it's, it's probably just going to make her nervous and yeah. it's just going to be bad all around. It was like so, another yeah. day at work. Yeah. Just chill, read, relax. And then I was eating chips when like the doctor was checking her out and I was like watching that and I thought that was pretty interesting. Like, geez, like this is crazy. And like, wait, I, you were, you were watching. So like when he had eating chips. Yeah. So like he comes in and he just sits down and he's like, okay, I need to check to see how dilated you are. So he checks her. And wait, I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on. And you're watching this while eating chips? Yeah, because, like, I like was... Like, you're actually... I, like, I wasn't expecting him to, like, do what he was doing right then and there. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop eating my <laughs> chips. <laughs> so I'm just like, whatever. Like, I just... I've If I had the intelligence, I, I really realized this. If I was smart enough, I would be some type of a doctor. Because the body is so interesting to me on... How the how the hell do you have a baby come out of your, you know, your vagina? That's to me is crazy, and then heal from that, you True. know, or like a baby being uh, let's not even be that, that disgusting, all right? For some people <laughs> who are listening to this, but like getting into details, know, my man. I just I'm comfortable with that. Most yeah. people aren't, and my wife's my wife's pretty comfortable with this type of things and whatnot. But just to have a baby, you know, growing inside of a woman to me is very fascinating. And then once the baby had come out, um, we I he had the placenta, and that was crazy. I'm like, can I look at that? Like that's nuts. And most people would probably gag and like, I can't look at that. But I've seen dead bodies. You know, like in in undergrad, we had there was a cadaver lab, and I was able to go look at yeah. these bodies, and you could hold the brains, you could see the heart. I mean, like, so I'm not like queasy. You know, I don't. My stomach doesn't get all queasy from seeing things. All right, here, what? What kind of chips were you eating? I think they're Doritos. Doritos? <laughs> I'm just envisioning Miguel eating some like Cheetos or Doritos, like licking his thumbs yeah, and fingers yeah. while he's watching this process. Yeah. And I just was thinking to myself, I'm like, most guys would just be yeah. not doing this. But like I said, my wife and I are comfortable. Yeah. I, I, I was comfortable with my doctor. He was a great guy. Um, Dr. Ilchesky is his name. He made the whole process really good. Um, yeah, and we had a good experience, so that was awesome. And Magnus was—he was born at uh, 4:42, and he was seven pounds five ounces when we left. He was seven pounds two ounces, and I remember the first. So you have a week checkup with the doctor. So when we went to that one, she said, "Hey, we need to get him up, you know, a few ounces." I'm like, okay. The next week we came back because you have to have a two-week checkup. He was up a pound. So I mean, that's pretty—he's eats and eats and eats. Like me, I assume. Say, get get genetics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just cool to see, man. Like uh, for those of you people that are parents already, or you know, maybe going to be parents at some point, it's a whole another experience. Just seeing yourself and your child, and you know, he's he's only f- three weeks old now, but you can he's developing. You know, like you, he'll follow you. He'll hear his voice. He'll stop crying somewhat if you start talking to him because he recognizes. You know, hearing your voice and whatnot. 
So it's an amazing experience. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to my wife. She's a trooper. She's been doing really – she's been taking care of a lot of things, and I'm trying to do the minimal things that she would normally be doing. But, you know, we have a good team, I think. And nice. That makes things – Good. How's the how's the process affected your training at all or uh, not not really? Are you getting sleep? Are you yeah, like yeah no? Is the like, routine's different or what's going on with that? So like Allie, I the first few nights we slept in our like our master bedroom together, and he was uh, we put him on this we put him in a clothes basket. All right, so most people buy a uh, a bassinet mm-hmm. and a bassinet you just set next to the bed. It's about the height of your bed. Mm-hmm. Those are like 150, 200 bucks. And she had this little uh, thing from Calvin that wasn't a carrier, but it was a little basket type thing. He didn't, Magnus didn't like that. So I'm like, my mom's like, why don't you just try a clothes basket? So we put like a towel and some blank and a blanket folded up really tightly and then set him on top of that. And he was fine. But our room is really cold. So the first night, no sleep. Second night, we put him in the basement. Because our basement's pretty warm, which is opposite of what you would think of a basement. Okay, yeah. Slept a lot better. My mom came over for the whole week, which was awesome. She slept down there with him. And then we tried to sleep and whatnot. He did perfect. Next night, we all, I want to say, we tried it and not so well. And then she's been, Allie has been sleeping there, and I sleep there on the weekends together um, since then. And then just two nights ago, we moved upstairs to his baby bedroom. And we put a heater in there, uh, like a space heater, to mm-hmm. make that warmer. And he's doing okay. But Allie sleeps in there with him, and I'll sleep across the hall. And then she does – I mean, it sounds terrible, but she's been doing, like, the work, I guess, of that. I feel like I've not been doing anything. But <laughs> uh, at some point, it's going to change. Like, yeah. I mean, unless – if she – you know, as he gets older, you know, if, she, if he's crying and needs to be changed or whatever else. But when we can actually put him in there where he'll sleep more than an hour, that'll be different. But right now, it's he doesn't sleep very much. It's like every hour he's up. But that's that's typical. Sounds Yeah, sounds pretty normal or typical, yeah. I should say. We're just waiting. They say when he gets to 12 or 13 pounds, that's when they sleep longer. Yeah. So. They just have more body mass and yeah. retain heat probably. Yeah, You're saying yeah, things yeah. about the heat. I could see that being a big yeah. factor as far as how infants sleep like that yeah and they're obviously they're so used to being in the, the warmth of being in yeah. the, the womb yeah so i wonder how many people actually like think about that because i could see like i live or i don't live i sleep in a very cold room i like mm-hmm. my room very cold yeah. fan on all the things like that and i guess everyone else maybe does or like has that same philosophy as far as when sleeping so yeah, when they the get a kid they're like oh degrees. we'll just like yeah we'll just put them I'm like maybe wrap in a blanket or something but no. And that was the other thing. Like when we put him in our bedroom for the first time, we had to put a space heater in there. I couldn't sleep. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be hot. bad, for, hard and for like, me. Where Allie, we're in his own bedroom now with this other, with this space heater, it's like 85 degrees. I go in there and I immediately start sweating. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot. I'm not, there's no way I'm going to sleep. I have to sleep butt naked or something. Even then, I would be dying. Yeah. Like, and I... so. I just can't do that. Like, okay, but I you got, you know. And then I'm like thinking, like when we were sleeping downstairs in the basement, and he's waking up every hour. I'm like, I'm sleeping on a dang mattress. But you'll do whatever you can for your kids. Yeah. When I got a five thousand bed upstairs and I'm not sleeping in, I'm gonna sleep on an air mattress that I have to fill up literally every four hours because it's deflating. So that <laughs> kind of stuff is kind of funny to think about. I but, remember I did that when I first moved back in, or I moved when I so when I moved back from Omaha. 
I came back. I, my stuff was down there for a couple of weeks, and I came up before that. So I slept on an air mattress. Same thing, man. Like every like couple hours, I'd wake up. I'd just be like on the floor, so I'd have to blow <laughs> yeah. it back up. Yeah. I ended up getting like uh, <laughs> this is off topic, but air mattress. Those little ones are stupid. If you're gonna get an air mattress, get like the three foot tall ones, because then at like least an actual, it'll, actual bed or a yeah, mat, big mattress. Big mattress, so then you don't lose as much air. But no, it's awesome. He's doing well. Mom's doing well. It'll be really cool to see how he develops and changes. His big brother Calvin, I think, enjoys him. It seems like. Um, what do you think, Cal? You don't like your little little bud? <laughs> yeah, you he, can't sleep. You don't have to do nothing. Is he? Does he keep you up? Nah, he doesn't keep him up. Yeah, Calvin I don't know sleeps like a Calvin sleeps really hard, which is good. But nah, man. What about you? What's been going on? Nothing, man. As far as the first year, just been grinding. Uh, I think we talked about it last time, right? I quit my job, mm -hmm. or one of my jobs. So now I'm just coaching at the high school and then trying to do this small business thing. Yeah. And it's been pretty good, you know. It's it's chaotic in a sense to where it's like now it's like, man, you got to like grind for the money. It's not there. So I got to yeah. like reach out to people, which has been nice. You know, like I'm getting my projects done and that's kind of the cool thing is now I have time to actually like focus in on my videos that I've already shot. Now I can edit them. And before I had such a finite time to get them done where if like something set me back or like I had interference with my software, it would just throw me for a loop and it like mentally get in my head and that would even prolong my process even more. So it's been nice to have like that stress of not having something else, like having to go in and coach a CrossFit class or having to like work on their social media. I can just focus in on those things. Mm -hmm. And when those setbacks do come, I can work through them a lot better. Um, so it's been good in that regard. But in the other regard, it's like, now I got to go find my money, which I like, you know, and it's like, it's something that's different for me. And it's something I honestly feel a lot of people should do is find a sense of insecurity that challenges you yeah. to like grow and yeah. respond from. Yep. Cause I could easily obviously go maybe find another job or go do something to where like I just I get a paycheck, you like just show up and like you do the work and you get by. Where now is like if I really want to thrive, I gotta put a lot of effort into it. And there's days where I'm like freaking out at times, like Dude, how am I going to pay my bills next month? Like, I'm pretty set for a good couple months. Like, I have some, some money put away, and that's the whole reason why I left in the first place. But you just think of after that, you know? Like, yeah. you don't have steady income coming in right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I could hopefully get to a point where I'm I'm working with some brands and some businesses where we can maybe get some, like, frequency with, with work, and that might help. Um, but it's like, it's a little bit of anxiety, but a little bit of like, like a, that that thrill. Like yeah. it has a little bit of a, I don't know. It's like like riding a roller coaster, man. Like you're, you're sitting there, like you, yeah, you don't really know what's gonna happen, but like mm -hmm. you're just on for the ride. Mm -hmm. And it's it's both scary and exciting at the same time. Exhilarating. Yeah, you it's exhilarating. Eat. That's a good one to say. So just been kind of working on that, working on my uh, my brand website uh just kind of doing some outreach stuff and then again working on the projects that i need to get done because not 
I haven't neglected them. I just haven't had the the time um, to actually sit and like really devote to it and mm-hmm. put a lot of effort in. And that's what I feel these like wedding videos really need. Um, I could easily just do the bare minimum, like cut and dry. I could even like hire it out. I could spend a couple hundred bucks and like send it to an editor and they can do it. But like with my brand at the moment, you know, I want it to be very personal. And that's why I reach out to certain weddings or couples that are having weddings. And that's kind of my, I don't want to say niche, but like that's my selling point is like when you come to me for a wit for a video, like it's, it's me doing the whole process. Yeah. I come and shoot it. I edit it. Edit it. I do all I like I, I do pre planning all this stuff to where you know the, the thing that you're getting to where I mean now I'm doing the best that I can to say it's like the quality is obviously up for interpretation but I do my absolute best and I'm I'm growing on it every day and that's like again my selling point is like you're getting my passion and my like excitement for like yeah what you guys are going through so that way hopefully the story that we do and with inside of the video it comes out like that to where it's coming not saying it's not different but in my opinion sometimes you lose out on that uh intimacy within the videos where like i i shoot it and then i send it to someone they edit it and then i send it to someone else and they like color it and you don't really have that that intimacy and that like yeah bond Whereas like someone came, they shot it, they edited it, they did all that for you, and they were with you the whole way. So, yeah, just been doing that, and like I said, kind of growing, figuring out other things too. Uh, like you said, with entrepreneurship, it's a, uh, it's kind of a fun thing, you know. You kind of like just, like, how can I make money? Yeah, and that's I, I think when you, when you're struggling. When you're not struggling, but when you have to come up with ways where you know financially that it's not just going to be there, that you have to work for it, yeah. but it's something you're passionate about, you will be successful. Yeah. I mean, it's really up to you to find that success because nobody's going to – I mean, you'll get you'll get people. I mean, so far you've probably gotten a lot of people that are just word of mouth or you know, yep, publicity of, of what they you've see done. Like, yeah, they see an example like on Facebook or but something it, to see one of my videos. Yeah. So that's a lot of it. So, yeah, I've been doing obviously a lot of research within like the marketing. Um and obviously, I'm going to school for that stuff, too, so that helps. But what I've found is, like, I'm starting to value, like, finances more when, like, I make it from scratch, you know? Like, mm-hmm. someone doesn't have to give me money in the sense of, like, a job or an yeah. employer. Like, I bust in my butt to, like, make these videos, and then they're having a greater return of investment because now I'm getting more clients, Um more opportunities so then when i see that money come in it's like i I earned this like way more than i probably not saying i didn't earn the other income that i was doing before but like it's just different it is different it's different when you when you're passionate about yeah and you care about but like when you go through the whole process of like all right like how you set taxes up and how you do like all the little stuff yeah like it makes it better yeah i get it i get it yeah i feel the same way Oh, you know, with gym, with my gym and whatnot. Yeah. It, it, it's different when you do everything, you know, and when you build it from scratch. Nobody gave it to you. Yep. So you built your own label, your own name um, from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's that aspect of 
of all the hard work that you've put into it so far, and then that continuing hard work that you're going to build something huge for yourself. And it's, it's just, uh, it's way different than if you're given it or that somebody that, yeah. you know, it, it's, it just hits different. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been going through and again, it's been good. good. So yeah, that's where we're at, ladies and gents. Should we get into the, what we're actually trying to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are going to come to find that we're going to be doing a lot of housekeeping at the beginning of these podcasts. Just kind of, obviously if we do a little bit of hiatus, we'll maybe give you guys a update on things. And I think people like that too. Like if you, when I listen to podcasts, if I don't like the beginning of things, I'll just fast forward. So if you are one of those people, Hey, maybe do it. But, uh, anyways, let's get into the topic of things. We got C money over here, Calvin. And, uh, how old are you, Calvin? Seven. Seven. So Calvin's a seven year old. Um, he is Miguel's step child, step bro, step kid. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be talking about youth training. So I think we touched on it a little bit in the last podcast. Um, we're going to touch on a little bit more just some of our ideas, our thoughts on when you should start training youth, when what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, and things like that. So... Without further ado, Calvin, you like? Do you like working out? Yes. Yeah. What's What's about working out that you like? You can get stronger. You can get stronger. Um, it's fun. It's. You can teach other people. And that's all I can think of. Nice. How many days a week are you training right now? Or do you meet with the other group of boys? Wait, what? How many days a week? How many days a week are you working out? Yeah. Isn't it Mondays and Wednesdays? Yeah. Okay. And what do you do during your session? What do you start with? You don't just go into things. What's the first thing that we always do? Um, stretch. Yep. Warm up. Yeah. And we always, after we um, stretch and we work out and then we do all that stuff. So what... How long have you, you've been doing your style of training for a year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What um, are some things that we work on? So after you warm up, what do we usually do every day? What what movement do we do? Um, it's with our legs. Squat. Uh-huh. And why why do you think I make you guys squat so much? So then we can get better at it, and then we can actually practice doing it with a bar. Yeah, very good. So what are some other points that we talked about yesterday in the car ride to Ames that you have to think about when you're doing your exercises? Breathing while you're um, bench or 
breathing while you're doing bench or squat or deadlift. Mm-hmm. And how important is breathing? Really important. Very important. What about technique? Do we work on technique a lot? Yes. And how important is technique? Really, really, really important. Good. What is your favorite lift? Deadlift or bench. Okay. Um, and what what do you like about the deadlift? It's like it. I only like it because I only like it because I just I've done the most weight on it, and I like I can't do bench with a really I can't do bench with a normal barbell or I can't squat with a normal barbell because it's too heavy yes right and what do we talk about safety is the most important thing right mm-hmm. so how many uh kids are in your class when we train on Monday and Wednesday um I think there's there's five of you what about Katie and they're newer Katie and Kaya so you have five kids in your class. Are you the youngest? Yes. Yeah. And how does that make you feel? Good because I have more room to stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Some more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So do you do you feel like me as your stepdad that I make you do your training? No. So and why do you think that is? What do you mean? Like why why do you think I don't make you go? I can just go if I want and I don't have to. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons why I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like, what about, do you like being in the weight room when you're not training? Yeah. And why is that? Because I can play with my friend, Makai. Do you, do you see some big weights being thrown around when you're in there? Well, not like a frisbee, but like our <laughs> our guys and girls lifting a lot of weights. Yes. Is that pretty cool to see? No. No, no. it's not cool to see. No. Okay. All right. Just checking. What about maybe Brock has a few more questions for you? Yeah. What makes so when you go and you hang out in the gym? Mm-hmm. What makes it better than maybe going inside or going over to your own house and just hanging out? Why do you like going inside the gym and being around it? Because I can lift and I can play and stuff. Yeah. Do you like lifting and, and maybe just doing fun things like that as opposed to maybe just being inside or being on a game or doing things like that? Mm-hmm. Why, uh... So Miguel said that he doesn't force you to to lift or exercise, you know, and it's something that you like to do, and he encourages you, obviously, but it's a choice of of your own, right? Mm -hmm. What makes you choose coming in and lifting as opposed to maybe going and playing a video game or watching TV? So you have it. So if I give you the choice of going to lift and, and play around in the gym or go play a video game. Choose? What would you choose? Lift. Okay, but and why would that be? Because it's fun in a video game. Is it? You can't just you can't just sit on your butt. Yeah. 
What makes it fun? Because you're with other people and guys. Yeah, so there's 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 people around. You know, you get a get to interact with others. Mm-hmm. You get to observe. Do you watch Miguel or anyone else work out? Yeah. What uh What are some things that they do that you maybe like or maybe interest you? Bench their handshake. Their handshake. It's so weird. the the intensity. So you like the intensity of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the loud music? Is that cool? Yeah. And then the screaming. No. You don't like the screaming. <laughs> no. Is it too loud? It's annoying. Is it funny? No. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that I saw with you, Calvin, is this is kind of funny for everybody listening. Is the first time Calvin. I saw Calvin do like a a deadlift was at Grandma Karen's house and Papa's for Christmas. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And she had her own. Yeah. And you lifted it. Mm -hmm. And he mimicked how I was breathing in the gym. So he must have watched me, you know, do breathe under the bar or deadlifting enough times. And then he did it. So I do this weird thing where I breathe in and out a few times and over-exaggerate that. And he does that the mm-hmm. same way. So you're learning without even knowing that you're learning. Mm-hmm. So, Calvin, when you work out or when you exercise around Miguel or others, does that make you want to go try other things besides exercise? Are you into sports at all? Yeah. Yeah, what kind of sports do you do? Um, I'm about to do football next year or something. And I do wrestling, baseball, and basketball. Nice. Are there any of those sports that you like others, other than over others? What's your fa- what's your maybe your favorite one or one you like to do the most? Wrestling and football. Yeah. What about uh, let's say wrestling? What do you like about wrestling? What interests you? people and at the end you can like we do like games or something or we like or sometimes they like get in a line against a wall and the walls are like mats so then they get against a wall and then there's two people that go up and wrestle the person so say one person lost and they would go um to the back of the line and then say one person won they would just stay in that area and king of the ring yeah like that king of the hill whatever it's called what about football? What interests you in football? Uh, you can like tackle people. You could throw the football really far. You can shoot, tackle, <laughs> um, catch, run, touchdowns. What about the routes that you've been practicing? Mm-hmm. Um, once you get. A touchdown, you can do touchdown dances. Nice. Is Have you, uh, so, so besides being in our gym, what do I also make you go to? What other gym do you go to sometimes? Weight room, I should Wait, say. Anytime. Okay, no, besides that one. Where do I work? I think Iowa Central? Yeah. Okay, so what do you see in the weight room at Iowa Central? Guys screaming, that's really annoying. <laughs> Do you like going though? Yes. And, and why? 
because they can lift really, 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 really heavy weight. And the weights there are heavier than normal weights. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Do you have any other comments you want to say? Uh, no. Do you have any shout-outs you want to give anybody? No. All right. You want to shout anyone out? Maybe someone's listening. No. No? Oh, yeah. Why did I have to get a baby brother for Christmas? <laughs> that was the best Christmas gift ever. Mm-mm, my drum set was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good job. Thanks for coming, Calvin. Shout out to you. That was awesome. So we wanted to throw Calvin on the the mic today um, just so that, you know, it's kind of fun. It's, it's not as, you know, we always start off with not being as serious and whatnot. But it's cool, you know, to hear a perspective of a seven-year-old about to be eight in February on, you know, his training. And with him being my son, um, I it's, it's sometimes it's hard for parents, me being one of them, to not go push them too hard. And in what we've been doing so far, I don't, I personally don't think I have, because he keeps showing up. You know, there's not been one Monday or Wednesday since we started um, training with these kids uh, that he has missed because he didn't want to be there. He always wants to be there. And in my goal as a parent and a coach is to make it fun. You know, if he loses sight of that right now, who knows if he'll ever get that back. And I'd, and I'd prefer not to burn him out. Uh, but partially, part of it is also just having him around the weight room. He doesn't always have to be doing something. Just having him around the people, the athletes, the members um, at my gym and at Iowa Central, that gets his eyes open to see things that he would not see if he was sitting at home playing his Switch, you know, doing the normal video games type type thing. And he was honest. I think he does like being at the gym more than he would prefer, you know, playing on his Switch because he's around people and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, What I liked, and I think people should take from this, um, what he enjoys about the certain things that he's doing, and I think this is obviously in most kids, uh, it's fun to them, you know? It's a game, and all these things they start as games for kids. Uh, they, they become more competitive. They become more uh, broad and more like of a driven thing as the, you get older. But we always start as a youth as it's a game. Uh-huh. And, it, and it's fun and it's engaging, it's entertaining. And I think that is needs to be at the forefront of obviously all the things that you do with bringing a kid into sports and, and in a competitive environment. It needs to start as being, it needs to start out as being an, an engaging, entertaining, fun experience. And then from there, you can start to build on the philosophical things of competitiveness and, and, uh, fortitude and, and determination and things like that. But if you do it the total opposite way, which I do see people do time to time, uh, kids get burned out or they start to think of things in the wrong way and they lose that that youth in a sense. Like they mm-hmm. use their use lose their youth at an early age and not to like point fingers or to say this is like right or wrong or anything like that, but 
I see a lot of kids or a lot of even adults now, the people I grew up with and all that, they become shitty human beings. Mm-hmm. And it's because they were they were pushed to a certain point the wrong way. Because I don't mean you shouldn't push people towards being competitive or, or, or changing and, and challenging them. But if it's done the right way, you're going to grow proper human beings along with it. But when it's all just about competitive, 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 you against everyone type of thing, like you create a shitty person. Yeah. And I think that is a big thing that people need to get in their heads is that needs to start out as fun and engaging. And that's where you can build around. I don't think you need to have anything competitive in sports or even in weight training until you are probably at least seventh or eighth grader. And maybe not even until you're your freshman high school, which sounds absurd and crazy to most people. But anything before that, it should be fun. Who cares about a score? Who cares? And that's I see too many people that are over over the top right now that are, you know, Calvin's age or younger. Like, there, there's no – why are we competing? Like, that's not the point. This sport needs to be fun yeah. before anything else. You know, elementary school, adolescent age, like yeah. that. All they're learning is they need to learn the simple movements of that sport. Um, just moving around, you know, not even you could go way back to just having a kid move. Yeah. Because too many kids are sedentary and they aren't moving enough that they just need to have some type of movement, some type of exercise. That sport is perfect for that. Uh, but we're backwards. We think that they get into a sport, they need to learn it, they need to learn it the right way right away, which is true in some aspects. But then you lose f- sight of there's no fun in it at all. you know. And so I think we have to be better as parents to just go slower than you think you need to. Really just pull back. You know, just... Uh, t- have the understanding that some kids won't develop developmentally be ready to do certain movements or exercises or or be at the same level as other kids. You know, if you have a group of seven-year-olds, there's always going to be one or two kids that are going to be further than the rest developmentally. And that's fine. But that doesn't mean that your kid's not going to excel someday at that sport. And that's what I see a lot of th- happening, too, is that parents, you know, put a kid in a sport and they're not good at it. At a younger age. Well, yeah, that's that's and totally normal. Yeah. And then you just give them no opportunity to, to continue it, and maybe they could have made something of themselves in that sport when they got older. Yeah. Or they same thing is you push, 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 push at that young age, and they could become great in that sport. But by the time that it really matters, they're done with it. You know, high school comes along. I've... My parents says my parent pushed me way too hard for yeah. so long. You I don't ru- even care. You ruin it for them. Yeah. Stop living through your kids. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, positives, I, negatives, there's a lot of negatives out there that I've seen. A lot of positives, too. Get your kids in all the different sports that you can so that they can just be a better athlete all the way, all, you know, well-rounded athlete. Sports, competitive sports, like just sports in general, like they're they're great learning tool they're a great opportunity for kids to like develop life skills right Mm -hmm. um but like i said they can be developed the wrong way so if you you got to go about it properly um so i don't mean like don't teach your kids how to be driven don't teach them like like discipline as far as like being disciplined like knowing like hey sometimes it sucks but like i'm just gonna keep 
sticking it out. If it's sprinkled in on them properly throughout their stages of development, I think that's where you get the most bang for your buck. But mm-hmm. like we said, people go right into the disciplinary things right away. It's like, all right, you signed your like. I remember being in kindergarten, and luckily my parents weren't like this. They were like, once if if he hates it, he hates it, and then if we don't, he doesn't want to do it. Doesn't want to do it. And now, I think I could have been pushed a little bit more. You know, um, maybe just not pushed, but like just more set up more to where like I understood like, hey. It's going to suck a little bit, but that's okay. I think I was just pulled out immediately. Like, oh, once I start, once I hated it, I hated it. And that could be seen as a negative thing too. Cause mm. then you look at it as like, well, you're just going to like do that with everything. Yeah. So you need to be pushed. You need to be disciplined, but it needs to be done in an appropriate manner. Uh, it's all about that balance. Mm-hmm. So I believe that kids need to have balance as far as. I mean, sports in general. I mean, they shouldn't be doing a shit ton of stuff early on. Yeah. Whether it's for fun or for disciplinary. Yeah. It shouldn't be for discipline. But, like, you know what I mean. Competitive or not competitive. Like, they should be able to learn and process and grow naturally. Yeah. And don't, I think, too, is at an early age, have them being in in more than one sport is ideal. Don't have them wrestle year-round. You know, have breaks. have, Have them doing other sports to see what they like. And, you know, if a kid, you know, so Calvin was in wrestling last year, this year with COVID, it didn't happen. At last year when he got done, he hasn't wrestled an actual match that mattered yet. It was just, he just went to practices. But he said last year, I don't want to wrestle again. I said, why? And he didn't have an answer. And I said, okay. And in the middle season, he also said he wanted to quit. And I said, well, we're not going to quit. You started this. We're going to finish it. Like that's, that's what I want to teach him is that if you start yeah. something, you finish it. Yep. Okay. But going a step further when he said he wanted to be done with it. Okay. That's fine. I, I didn't bring it up this fall. And even though COVID was kind of a thing, you know, obviously this fall, I didn't say, Hey, you're going to wrestle. I, but the funny thing is this just four weeks, three weeks ago, he's like, I want to wrestle again. And so like at that age of seven, six, five, eight, nine. I think kids are going to be up and down, up and down, up and down. But my thing is, is if you want to do it, by all means, I'm going to support you. Um, I'm not going to push, 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 push. But if you do start, you will finish. Um, And honestly, too, like this might sound crazy. Like if at any time during when he was wrestling last year, he was practicing Mondays, Wednesdays and Thursdays in the evenings. uh, If there was any practice he didn't want to go to. I wasn't going to make him. I mean, he always wanted to go, but for some reason, if there was a night that he didn't want to go, I would probably ask him why, and then I wouldn't push him. I'd say, okay, that's fine, you know, because I'm going to probably do the opposite of what most people do with their kids, you know, and I think also you have to look at your child, and and you know your kid, but um, I asked some of my graduate assistant guys that I was working with way back when, you know, Maturity is huge. You know, Calvin, is maturity a thing at, you know, that young of an age? Yes and no, in my mind. Because when I look at Calvin and compare him to other kids his age, he's he acts a little bit different, you know, because growing up he didn't have any brothers or sisters, and he's always been around adults. So his how he acts is a little bit more, in my mind, mature than other kids his age. So then as a coach, I know – and as stepdad, that 
he could probably handle things a little bit more challenging than a kid that isn't that way. Um, and so I understand that and I see that. So then it, in the weight room, it helps me push him a mm-hmm. little bit differently. You know, the other thing that I think, you know, sports teaches kids a lot, it teaches them discipline, teaches them hard work and so forth. But even before you get there, what are you doing with your child in outside of sports in a weight room? You know, what are you doing at home that's getting them in the right position to be a great athlete if that's what they choose or be great in the weight room? Um, I Calvin loves the words, I can't. Says them every dang day. And I'm like... You, you, that's not part of your, your vocabulary. You don't need to be saying that. And so what I'm doing is I'm training his mind to be different, to be, to when he gets to be a teenager, he understands that there's nothing that I can't do. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. It's he understands. And I feel a lot of parents or coaches go about things like that. Like I can't, it's not in the vocabulary or like, we, like we don't say those words, but like they don't give any substance behind it. Yeah. They, they don't, don't give, give a any reasoning. reasoning. And that Talk sh- to your child. That stuff pisses me off as much as anything. I always say to people, in any aspect, you shouldn't really be coaching what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Or you shouldn't be like, if you really want to go philosophical about it and and go to that standpoint of like, all right, like no is not what we do, or like I can't, it's not what we do. Like, you better back up the what why. that statement means. It doesn't otherwise, mean anything. Yeah. Other again, otherwise you just become arrogant and and, yeah. and you become an idiot. So. Have substance and have purpose behind everything that you put a child through as far as that goes, whether it's something like that where it's like, hey, we we don't say I can't because that's this process, you know. This is this is why. Same thing goes for like this is why we don't quit. Whatever it is, just give a, give reasoning, give purpose, and give understanding behind it. That way they know when they grow up of what, like why they went through that or why they did this. And they have better understanding, makes them wiser, makes them more of a better person. Uh huh. If you had to choose when you have kids, you know, how early would you have your own kids start or participate in sports? And what sports would they be? Mm. So I follow, uh, so one of the, media guys on crossfit from crossfit so he's a he's a media guy savan is his name uh-huh. he has a account on instagram i believe it's the like three brothers or something like that three playing brothers so you guys need to follow this on instagram Th- the three playing brothers um, I also follow his, his actual account or whatever, but he has kids that are very young. I'm not sure as far as what their ages are, but they do the most, like, I, I don't want to say acrobatic, but they just do, like, just moving of all types. They throw, they run, they they balance, they hang, they pull, they push. And it's so... Simple, simple, yeah. and satisfying when I watch them because, like, they don't understand what like they're learning and developing, but they can grow beyond those things. You know, yeah, it's very generalized and it can be built around something more specific later on. Mm-hmm. So, if they want to get into a specific sport, they have the base and the foundation built to do already. So. so that's honestly what I feel I'm gonna have my kids do. 
start like early. Again, I'm not gonna like force them, but I I really believe they're gonna be they're gonna be put in those situations naturally and grow from it. And then when they start to gravitate towards certain things that they enjoy, I think that's where they'll get there they'll get pushed in. I don't think I'll ever put a kid into something for any reason other than because they want to. Yeah. I'll give them little nuggets of like, hey, like check this out. Like if I'm watching a sport or maybe if I'm playing it myself, hopefully th- those things maybe radiate and and trickle down to them. But like if they want to play something I have no idea of, that's that's totally awesome if they gravitate towards it. And I think what that's going to be my biggest thing is just gravitation. Like what do they gravitate towards? If I can build this a foundation for them to s- build to s- focus upon then they can probably take it anywhere. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I think uh, what you, what you really what I liked what you were talking about was just basic. Basic yep. needs to be a word that's in every parent's vocabulary for any sport, any weight training. Um, it's really just going back. To, the basics are the most important. You need to build your foundation and the basics. Nothing really matters, you know. Uh, as the kid develops and gets older, then it'll become techniques yeah. and so forth and then learning the the rules of the game and whatnot. But early on, it's the basics. How do you run? Yep. How do you stop? How do you jump? How do you kick a ball? How do you catch a ball? How do you throw a ball? How do you dribble? How do you do, you know, this very, 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 very basics. And like this guy that you're talking about, I mean, like Calvin on his own just does somersaults and does parkour type fun things in our gym, sets up like little stations where he jumps over things, lands. Um, when we run routes, I'm teaching him how to change direction. Uh, nothing mind blowing, but comparing him to other kids that I've seen run and do the same thing, it's basics. I haven't done anything crazy with him. Literally nothing. There's nothing crazy that I've done that I, that's above anybody else. I just make it fun. I make it basic, and I give him reasonings for doing what we're doing. Yeah, there should always be like a lesson behind it, whether it's tri- like teaching their body to do something, or maybe teaching them mentally what something is gonna like, what's gonna occur from something. Like, hey, we're gonna do this, and this is the result it's gonna give. Yeah, whether it's again by movement or by mental things. Um, but the thing that I hate the most, and again, it, it's whether it's a parent or uh, another coach, um, at all levels, like they're just like throwing things at the wall, and they they see what sticks. They really have no like understanding behind any of it. Like, hey, I saw this on like I think we talked about this before. Like, oh, I saw this on Instagram or I saw this on social media. Yeah, and it's like those are cool. Th- like, if you see things. And then you go research them and you develop an understanding from them. That's when, yeah, then you can apply it into what you're trying to do. But, like, if you see something on Instagram and then, like, the same night you're like, all right, my kids are going to try this. Again, if you know what it is, awesome. But I see it so many times. It's like, what what, what are they doing? Like, why are they doing that? And the coach or the parent doesn't know. They just know that it looked cool in a movie. Mm-hmm. And that shit annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, let's talk about, um, let's get into more of like the training philosophy behind it. I know we talked about, we've been talking about sports a lot, but, um, from a training perspective, I know you kind of did a, I'm not going to call it a case study, but like you reached out to some people and you got a consensus of 
maybe when a kid should be training. So like, we talked about obviously like general like playing sports performance things like that, but maybe from like a a training standpoint, when should kids be going from general play, general moving, and you could even put into like like developing like squat like things like that like that could be put in those things. But when did they start turning it on to where they're maybe developing muscle stamina? Things like that. Yeah, so a child's not really going to develop muscle. Yes, they're going to develop strength, but muscle, I would say just muscle in general until they hit puberty. Yeah. So girls are going to hit puberty, obviously, usually earlier than guys. Guys, I, I went through puberty probably, I think my voice dropped sixth grade. I went through puberty. What, what was it for you? I think that sounds about right. Five, fifth, six. Fifth, six. How old are we then? We eight, nine. Was that a little, 12, 12, 13. Yeah. Is that thir- like the. Yeah, 13. Pre-teens. Pre-teen to pre-teen. I think I'd then. I'd 12 to 14. Yeah. Is probably. You're going to see changes in the body that you're going to see changes from using resistance training in general. Before that, it doesn't really loading a kid. You're not going to get much i mean there are there are strong kids out there that are younger that are under the age of 12 11 to 10 uh would i make it i think they're they're very limited in their growth right like they don't have testosterone yeah so it's not like they're getting stronger they're just it's you're basically just put like you're just filling up their tank of whatever yeah they're they're recruiting like their their motor neurons in the body are being able to recruit uh more efficiently uh, and so they're able to to move more weight. They're not getting stronger. They're just learning how to do the the exercise more efficiently. Yeah. And the techniques better and so forth. I think you know with Calvin being eight this year, he's used the barbell and bench. He's used and but he's growing. He's getting bigger. Mass moves mass. So like now he weighs probably close to yeah. 70, 65 and, to seventy. And he's not really getting bigger because he's lifting. He's just getting bigger because he's naturally growing. Growing. Yeah. Growing. So he's and that's his what weight's you're saying gonna is, go up. Yep. Everyone I see that a lot. People are like, Oh, my kid's like my kid's getting bigger because like, like no. No. He's not he's getting not bigger because he's squatting. He's getting bigger because he's just growing. He's growing. He's, age. he's yeah. just getting older. Uh yeah, and that, so that that is the biggest difference. So like this next year, we'll see where Calvin's interests lie. But he's always going to be in the weight room, so it's easier for me to like. I have it different than most parents. Yeah. Because he's around me and he's around all the lifters and he sees all the guys and he sees what they're doing and the girls. Yeah, but like, that's like kind of what I said earlier, though. It's like a kid's going to gravitate to things like that they're comfortable they're with or just yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, that they're experienced with. And, and that's a huge, like you know, just so just having a kid. If let's say you're a parent that was a really good football player or a really good soccer player, or you're still doing club stuff, bring your kid to everything that you can because that kid will pick up on things. Yeah. Calvin's let, picked let, up and on And let that. them pick on up pick, naturally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't force Don't them. force it. Just see, they'll watch. Kids watch. That's one of the biggest things, just watching, and then they'll mimic it. Calvin does a great job of mimicking different movements that he's seen, yeah. and it's evident in what how he lifts. He lifts like me, but he's watched me lift – for the last four years, pretty much every single day. So he's 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 yep. developing that. It's like when I was doing music, I was listening to my sister practice at night when I was going to sleep. 
So the crazy thing with that was she was playing violin before I was. And my mom would have her stay up later to practice because I was younger. When I got to those songs that she had played, I could play them per pretty much pretty perfectly because I heard them while I was before I was sleeping while I was sleeping over and over and over again. So it was just like that, not the muscle memory, but the, the memory of hearing that when I played it, it was simple. Yeah. Same thing with sports. It's understanding it. You watch it enough times and you watch it and watch it and watch it. You're going to develop different skills from you watching that athlete or that parent do it yep. that's one of the best things that you could do is get your kid around the sport of just going and watching yeah you know when calvin was wrestling last year we went to a couple wrestling meets at the high school level just to see to get his brain going about like okay this is how real meat goes i don't think it's important for him to go to a wrestling meet yet i don't care about wins and losses so we haven't done it but going back to the to the training it's about the maturity. If Calvin wasn't mature yet and he just messed around and didn't take things seriously once we started training like in his sessions, he wouldn't be part of the group he's in, number one. And number two, I wouldn't be ch training anything with any barbell. Mm -hmm. um, and right now, barbell is pretty minimal. He'll use a 20-pound barbell that we have that's, that's an easy curl bar to do benches with, to bench with, and to do deadlift with. And then to put squat on it. But besides, there's not really much weight we load him with. Yeah. He doesn't need to. Yep. That's not what I'm looking for. I would rather have him have a solid, firm foundation. And then as he grows, develops, matures, then we load later on. And that probably won't happen until he gets to be 13. Uh, but he will be a sound lifter by that point. Yep. Yeah. And the big, I think success can come from. A, a big part of success will come from, uh, like an environmental byproduct. Mm -hmm. So it's just if you're just around it enough, you know, if you're around success, if you're around disciplinary people, if you're around driven people, like that just kind of wears off on you. It is. It's who you, and especially being able to start it at a young age. Yeah. If you're a coach, or if you do what we do, you know, be a strength coach, you. Sh there's no reason why your kid shouldn't be with you all the time you know obviously that's not like that but getting every opportunity to, to to be around you to see what's going on is the most important thing yeah you know i i'll go to he'll go to games with me to watch athletes play that i coach in the weight room and i think he likes it like we go to rugby matches quite a bit um football games when he's around on the weekends but it's just seeing it seeing it seeing it and then i could talk to him about okay like on the football field what position do you want to play he wants to be a quarterback, but he's been really practicing more as a wide receiver. But then we can talk about it. Okay, watch him and see what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And now he can start yeah, again, seeing. You like, start, like I said, you start sprinkling those, yeah. the understanding on top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, he's running a route. Watch that. See how he turns and jukes and everything else. Then he can start mimicking that behavior. So as far as um, – the high school setting. Let's kind of go into that. So we talk maybe like getting in. So let's say when these kids do have like their their, pu their hormones are, are rolling. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you say the best process is in fueling that? Because I see a lot of times. Again, it's all it's like reverse cycle on a lot of these things, and I see. I think that's probably the biggest downfall when I see people bring their kids into whatever they're trying to do, whether it's sports, lifting, whatever. It's it's reverse engineered to where they see the elite 
and they pick from that, but they don't see the process the elite went through. Went through to get there. They just see the top, and they, they go from there. Yeah. So I see a lot of times, like in the high school setting, all these kids want to do is whether it's max out or it's do these complex things because they see elites do it. Yeah. What would you say to maybe a, a coach or a parent? Why is that like? Why is that the wrong thing to do? Well, what what it's teaching, it's teaching the the child. Yeah, and again, in, what I mean is like they 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 have their maybe base of of movement down. Yeah, they've been maybe training for maybe a, a year or two now. But like, when things start to click, I this is what I see. Like, okay, they've they're starting to move a little bit of weight, or they're starting to do this. They just go straight to the top from there. So maybe they're in that, like I said, that low to mid tier. Yeah. But they 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 skip. So that. so what are, you, are you asking? Are you saying like these kids, they just try to lift heavy, or that they've progressively gotten heavier, 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 where they're lifting pretty heavy now? The, they're just, like I said, they maybe have a little bit of movement control. Yeah. Their, their movement patterns there, a little bit of weights being moved, but and then now once they things start to click, they just want to jump the gun and go right to like PR city. Yeah. That's like what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. With college kids. Uh, the problem with that is, is uh, let's say weight wise, let's talk about weight on the bar. Even though you are getting stronger, that doesn't mean your tendons, ligaments, and joints are right there with you. And so then now you, over time, you're going to get injured and that's the biggest thing that I see is injury is going to happen because you're jumping the gun. And, and that's, that's what was wrong with our society is that with everything, sports and lifting and everything else in, in the world, it's if you don't put in the time when you get to the top or if you get there, if you're lucky enough, it won't be the same. You'll, you won't have the right mindset to stay there. And that's what we have to teach kids is you need to work your butt off every single day and earn your spot at the top. It's not given, you earn it, and it's by doing the simple exercises that you were given since you were a little child till now to get there. Then once you into the top, I don't know, you know, like kids look at that differently. That could be in high school, it could be going to get a scholarship on a college team, or it could be making it to varsity. But how do you stay there? You know, like if you're on, let's just say high school level, if you get on the varsity squad and you're you didn't really put it in the work. Like you just, let's say you're lifting 135 on the bar and then a month later you're able to squat 300. Well, are you really able to squat 300? Is it correct or is it incorrect? If it's with crappy form, then you're going to be hurt and then your varsity spot's going to be taken. Same thing when you get to the college level is all these cats come in thinking that they're, they're, the, they're the top dog, but most of them haven't put in the training or haven't had the proper training stay consistent at the top dog. Does that make sense? So then uh, so then usually they're getting injured by the time I get them. Yeah. Uh, so the mindset from the high school through the college is totally messed up. Uh, and then they have no respect for anything. They don't have respect for their bodies. They don't have respect for their coaches that are trying to help them because all they want is the top. And so then they don't stay there. I don't see kids staying there. I see kids quit. I see kids giving up. And that's even at the high school level, but that's even more in the college level. Uh, 
I have young guys that have done really great with me in the last month and a half that have hit 50, 60, 30, 40, I don't even know, on PRs. They're hitting PRs every single week. And I said, guys, like it's easy for you right now to have this mindset of coming in, working your butt off because you're seeing success. But what about when you start hitting plateaus? You haven't trained long enough to push past that yet, to get yourself out of the funk when you get to that plateau to push through it. So kids in a high school level that haven't pushed, that are, you know, that are getting stronger because they're, they've hit puberty. Now they're training. If they're on the right program, they're going to get stronger. They're going to get bigger. But if it comes really, really easy or they don't put in all the work that they should, there's going to come a point where, where it'll stop, you know, or they're going to get hurt. And so then once that happens, they're going to fall apart. And that's what I see a lot too. I don't know if I'm answering your question, Brock, but... Yeah, no, that's right. that's what I see. Uh, it's really teaching kids at all levels that it's when they can understand it, it's putting in the work every single day. So especially in high school and a little bit at the end of middle school, maybe if your child understands it. But definitely in high school that there's a reason why you ha can't skip days where you have to take care of yourself. You know, uh, as your child develops and matures more in it could be females and males. But I would say more males, especially in the high school level, their mobility is going to go because if they're getting stronger and more musculature, if they're not working on their mobility, that's going to cause issues, too. So as their weights go up and they, they will get bigger, they will physically change, their bodies will change. You have to be making sure as a parent and a coach that they're still working on their mobilities, their mobility issues they may have because that will definitely um, decrease their abilities on their in their sport or whatnot at some point and could cause create injury. Uh, so it's, it's just doing all of those things right and in having that firm, sound foundation that we've been talking about since day one that'll get them to be the most successful that they can. And then being a, a parent that is a good parent that knows when to push and when to pull back. And that's you knowing your child and you sometimes stepping outside of coach mode as a parent and being a parent. Yeah. You know, that's what I see a lot of parents struggling with is they go into coach, coach, coach mode, even though they're not a coach per se, but they're in coach mode and then they stop being a parent. You know, your kids still have those needs that you need to be met, even if they are competing, even if they're losing and you think they should be winning. How are you helping them be a better athlete? For sure. Um, my biggest takeaway, and I think what people could probably take away, um, I think you said it one time, we quoted this a couple times, uh, everyone, wants, everyone wants to shine before they grind. And I see that from, again, an individual standpoint, a parental standpoint, a, a coaching standpoint, where everyone sees the end goal. Elite, elite level sports. That's what, like where a lot of people want to go, you know? Everyone has that aspiration of being in the NFL or being elite level, collegiate level, whatever it is. And they see that. Then they see, well, what are those people doing? And they want to emulate that. And that's, that's cool, you know, that's part of it. But they have to understand the process in which it took to get there. 
And that's where they should be looking at. They need to be looking at where these people started how and how they developed to get there. Again, everyone does it reverse engineered. They see what the elite guys are doing, and they, they do that. They mimic that. They if mimic they that. see that video, yep. it's doing exactly what that person's doing yep. right there. But they don't understand that this guy went through possibly years, maybe even decades of development to be able to have the wherewithal to do those things. And if you don't do that same phase, that same process, and you just skip to the end line, you're going to, like you said, hurt yourself. You're not going to develop properly. You're going to not succeed. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, imagine like jumping out in an airplane for the first time and not having any understanding of how like your parachute works, how your reserve parachute works. You just know you got to jump out. And it's like, well, you did it. Now what? Mm -hmm. And I think people need to just realize is, it takes that sense of, well, I need to learn how my parachute works. I need to learn what strap does what. I need to learn how to harness. I need to learn how to move my parachute once I get it out. All the steps to succeed. Otherwise, you fail, and in that case, you would literally die. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, it's your career ends or you don't succeed at the level you hoped you did and things like that. So it's the biggest process of understanding is development, process, grind. Figure out what it takes. Do every little bit to get there, but have the understanding that it's the process. Grind before you shine. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Now, if you're a parent that is... is we haven't truly, we've kind of jumped around a lot, but we haven't, if you're at, if you're wondering, okay, well, what age do I start my kid in weight training? I would say, this is my personal opinion, that if you came and had me train your child, I would not probably put them on a bar until I thought it could be, it could be a year, it could be two years, it could be three years. I think five, probably five to 10 I mean, I would even be work. I will. I'll work with Magnus when he's able to do when he's understanding whatnot. But five to ten, I think, I would as a coach, I would just work on movement. Yeah, I wouldn't put it, put your child under a bar. I would not do anything. All I'm get. All I want to get is an understanding that they know their bodies. I would be doing somersaults. I'd be doing jumping, just landing, basic things, hopscotch, uh, just simple things that you don't think you need to do. Running, yeah. skipping. Because most kids now don't know how to do those things. And even if they did, if our kids were more active than they used to be, which they're not, I would still be working on the basics. I will continue working on that with Calvin until he gets to be a teenager. You know, we do simple ladder drills right now, and Calvin's getting better at them. But when we first started them, they were not good. He was not good at them. Uh, so 5 to 10 would be basic movements. How allowing your child to learn, figure out their bodies a little bit. It's awkward. Here's the thing, too. There is there is a pre-genetic code written in all of us that should be tapped in and should be utilized at an early age. That way it's not decoded or, or lost throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Watch a little kid, like a tot, like a one-year-old, two-year-old, watch them move. 
Watch them squat. Watch them push, pull. They have the wherewithal and the understanding already coded in them. It's yeah. just it's just nature. It's just habit. Mm-hmm. Take those things and just run with them. Okay. Again, it's just natural movement. Let these kids move and and jump and climb and run and push and pull and throw naturally because it's most of the time coded in them and then slowly develop it into certain things what i see a lot of times when you get kids coming in you've probably seen this that they're just trash movers Mm. it's because they they decoded themselves throughout their whole adolescence they probably didn't move a lot or the things that they did were decoding them or in in lessening them lessering them in how they move so then when they do try to move around they just suck Mm -hmm. so then you have to recode it all over again so the biggest concept i think a lot of people should take is that that we're already coded with this primal movement of squatting pushing pulling throwing etc do the things apply the things to your kid that doesn't lose any of that and just amplifies it Mm -hmm. and if you don't know what those things are find someone who does go find a coach go do the things make sure they do that too don't be afraid to ask questions to a coach don't be afraid to find a bit of understanding of what they know because guess what some coaches don't know shit yeah it's just that that simple so do that do your research Mm -hmm. do your education don't be that guy that comes in knowing thinking you know everything trust your coach trust the process but don't be afraid to like observe a coach, see what they're doing, and then hey, you don't have to bring your kid to that person if you don't want to. Yeah. But that's kind of the biggest thing. Obviously, a good coach is going to know what they got to do and they're going to be great at it. I think me and you are kind of examples of that. I would like to hope. And yeah, so again, f- figure out those things. Amplify the code that's already in- possessed in your kid and if you don't know what those things are go find someone who does Mm -hmm. agreed agreed so yeah uh anything else (laughs) no i would just say you really just have to take your time you know be patient and uh don't rush don't rush it don't don't rush just because you see other parents doing things with their kids don't feel like you have to do the same thing because everyone's a little different everybody is different kids kids are all different um, and don't dis- don't get discouraged if your kid isn't at the same level as other kids. You know uh, that's totally normal. Uh, and like I said, it's it's that's fine. Uh, just do basic basic movements with your kid. Jump. You know, j- I I just I think we just always will always think that we need to do more advanced activities. Here's the thing: your kid's ten years old. He didn't get cheated out of something. He's 10. Yeah. If he doesn't move like a 15-year-old, no shit. He's 10. Yeah. Move him like a 10-year-old. Move him like a 5-year-old. Move him like a 15-year-old. Yeah. Make sure the process is the process, and they can build upon it. Again, don't reverse engineer anything in a kid. That's, like, probably one thing I do hate. And, again, it's, it's like, coded. Coded in us. If you can absorb that, amplify it, a lot of the times, that's kind of the biggest step because then what happens like you you obviously know you got a guy that or a gal that comes in and they move like crap and it's like damn it we have to recode everything now we have to retrain retrain everything you to do it the right way yeah. and that's what i see all the time 
That is probably eighty percent of college athletes, and it makes it harder. It makes it harder for you. It makes you, it harder for you yeah, to, m- to teach. move forward. Or they tell me that they've been taught this way, and I'm like, why? Yep. You know who taught you? <laughs> that wasn't the right way. Not saying I do everything the right way, but let's make it easier. You put your kids in a way that they can be the most successful and have a foundation that's not going to crumble underneath their feet. Then you'll be a happy parent. They'll be a happy athlete. Yeah. And again, like I said, it's just like your 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 kids not getting cheated out of anything just because they're not developed further along than someone else, even if they are the same age. Because again, everyone's different, and if you push them farther faster too soon, you're really gonna do damage. So if mm-hmm. you think they're like in a bad position now because they're not as far along as everyone else, well, if you throw them to the wolves, you're just doing them a disservice. Yep. So don't be afraid to like. Pu- not pull a kid back in a negative way, but like just provide them the the atmosphere and the environment that they can grow and succeed in. Like I said earlier, it's a environmental byproduct. Yes. Not a pushed, forced thing. Give them positive guidance. It's so easy to give negative feedback more than positive guidance as a parent. And positive isn't soft. I think people no. get that a lot too. Yeah, I want to yeah. say that. Like positive doesn't mean like soft. I know a lot of, like from a infant standpoint, like positive, always like happy, like giving kid like treats and things like that. No, it's, positive means plus, which means added, which means growth. Yes. Positive can still be a disciplinary thing. No, like read that right. D- disciplinary is like they become more disciplined, more more balanced, more structured. And that can still be positive. Positive reinforcement can still bring that out in someone. Yes, yes, for sure. So I think, unless you have anything, I'm good. Sounds good. This is the first podcast back of the year, so we know it was probably pretty rough. Um, hey, we'll we'll get better like we always do because, hey, like I just said in this, we just said, it's a process. So, uh Thanks for tuning in, guys. That's all we got. Um, keep, uh, keep on keeping on. We'll see you on the next one.